You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, who's ready to hear the Word of God today? I, um, my message today is called Light, Life and Love. You're like, it sounds like a movie. It sounds like one of those movies where someone's going to go on this meandering through life and all of a sudden come alive. Well, isn't that just what Christianity is? Where all of a sudden we're without hope, without promise, without future, and all of a sudden we find Jesus. Well, this scripture that I'm about to go through today is going to bring alive to you the life, the light, and the love of Jesus in our hearts. So maybe this teaching I'm going to share with you today, uh, maybe it's going to be an introduction to the understanding of this, or maybe you've heard it before, but it's going to be a reaffirmation of the things that you know, but it hasn't sat to the forefront of your mind. It's just kind of faded back. You've forgotten how important it really is, his light, his life, and his love. And one of the things I love about Jesus in the New Testament is that he speaks to us in the Bible in really descriptive ways. It's to help us understand the things that he's saying. Because sometimes you're reading, oh, that is like really just like so simple and easy. And then you read it again, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Upon further in inspection, we begin to see the profound depth of the things that he's written, of the things that he's saying to us. And the descriptive explanations and examples help us understand the truth that he's actually directing us into. Who's found, who's found that to be true when they're reading the scriptures? For example, we read this out of John 8 verse 12. This is Jesus speaking on being the light of the world. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Descriptive explanations. Simple, yet so profound. See, Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. In a dark world, he came to be a beacon light to the world. He promises that if you follow him, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. He is the light that leads to life. Amen. John fourteen six says this, and Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. See, Jesus communicates that not only is he the light of the world, that he is life. Not just the life of the world, he is life. That he's the way, the truth and the life. That he is the access to God, our Heavenly Father. So Jesus is light, Jesus is life. The Scriptures tell us that he is the light that leads to life. See, as well as being the life... He was sent by God to give life. John 10 verse 10, it says this, The thief does not come except to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He, doesn't just, he isn't just life. He's come to give life. To give life. Jesus is a life giver. It's who he is. Amen. 
But see, then we read on the scriptures a bit and Jesus switches it up for us. He seems to do that a little bit. It's like all of a sudden we've got our head around and he's like, oh, but also this. Matthew 5, it says this in verse 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Hold on to your seats this morning. I was going to say hats, but there's like two people wearing a hat. Hold on to your seats this morning. When you follow the light of the world, you become the light of the world. When you follow the light of the world, you become the light of the world. So, But I, I, I don't feel like I've got much of a spark. If you've got the smallest spark, the smallest amount of light dispels darkness, amen. And it's not to be hidden. It's to be shared with the people around you so that they may glorify and praise God also. I say this today when we talk about you become the light of the world. It's your inheritance. It's your birthright as a promise and a follower of Jesus. It is for you. Amen. So he's also called you to let your good deeds show. Let the ways of Jesus shine for all to see. So you might think, oh, does that mean I just have to like do extra good works? No, no. Let the ways of Jesus shine for all to see. Not just like doing something good. So yeah, like I mowed like eight neighbours' lawns this week. I am shining. Now that's great and God bless your neighbours. But did you speak kindly to them? Did you love them? Did you, did you give a bit of extra grace, grace to that Coles checkout worker because they like were understaffed because their manager got the roster way wrong? <laughs> Conversation with one of my children this week. So he's called you to let your good deeds shine, the ways of Jesus shine. However, at times, in the deepest parts of our heart is a fight within. To be the light of the world, to love one another as Christ loved us, or pursue our own desires. This fight within us at the deepest parts at different times. Can I encourage you? It's okay to own up to the fact that that may be your truth sometimes, because it's my truth sometimes. I, I, I think honestly, if you're saying that that's never a problem, I've just met the second Messiah. Like we we all have challenges. We all have things that God is working on us, and at times it's the fight is harder than at other times. See, I want, to, I want to speak it over us today, over you today, that God's power, His light, His life and love in you gives you the strength to wholeheartedly and sacrificially outwork the ways of Jesus in your world. Notice I said not just wholeheartedly, but also sacrificially. There, there is a sacrifice that comes to following Jesus. He calls us to take up our cross and follow Him. There, there is a challenge that each of us have to face up to, to follow him and outwork his ways. The Bible never said that it was going to be easy. Don't you just wish that someone, it's going to be easy. And Jesus says that there's going to be challenges in this world, but it's, but it's okay because I've overcome. 
That's our hope. That's that's what we're holding on to. So I say it again. Today is either an introduction or affirmation to you of who you are when you follow Jesus wholeheartedly and sacrificially. We're going to delve into the teaching of uh, 1 John this week. And uh, I just want, want you to be in this place this morning where you're like, God, let your word minister to me today. Why don't we pray that before we get into this? Dear God, we come before you. Humbly we come before you. And we pray, Lord, as, as we delve into your scriptures in First John, let it minister to our hearts. Let it set us free. Let it propel us into everything that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to read through a fair bit of scripture today. I, I, want, I want to let the scripture talk to us today. I could talk about a whole lot of things and commentate on a whole lot of things, which could be like, okay, but the scripture is going to one-up us today, amen. It's going to get into our spirit. It's going, to, it's going to lift us. This is what it says in 1 John 1. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning of time, talking about Jesus, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is word of life. This one who was, is life itself was revealed to us. We have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Can I, can I encourage you that when you first step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a celebration that happens in heaven, but there is so much more to step into, the full joy of Jesus. And we don't just get there by just reading like a couple of bits of the New Testament. We get there by opening our spirits up to everything that God has for us. This is what it says in verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. We've already heard that he's the light of the world, amen. There is no darkness in him at all. So we're lying if we say that we have fellowship with God but go on living in a spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. Don't feel shame and condemnation today. This is lifting you up into the righteousness that God has for you. But if if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. Let it resonate in you for just a, for a little while. Sometimes we hear those things, like, oh, that's like, it's touching too close. Allow it to touch close. He's called you, saved you, redeemed you, Amen. So what do, we, what do we see in this passage that God has called you to live in the light? You've been called to practice the truth of that. To turn our backs on dark living, on dark spiritual practices and dark places. 
if we're to live in the light as followers of Jesus, we say no to the deceptive practices of the world. Have you had that conversation with yourself lately? A little while ago, in the last week and a half or so, I I decided that I was going to delete social media apps off my phone. Some of you are like, how how did you do that? Well, like I held my finger down and like wiggled it a bit. And then these X's came up and I just hit them. That's how it it happens. And I've got to be honest with you. All of a sudden I, I felt like I had all this extra time in my head. Anyone ever done this before? If you haven't done it before, uh, just give it a crack. Just try, try one day. Like, don't, don't like dive too far in. But as I had the extra time in my head, all of a sudden I, I began to hear God speaking to me about things in my life. And there were things that maybe, maybe shouldn't have been part of my everyday practice. Was I practicing the dark arts? No, I wasn't practicing the dark arts. Of, of, of course not. But was I just not saying no to certain things. We just have to say no. If, if we're called to be in the light, there is no darkness in light. There is only light. And we are called to say no to the deceptive ways of the world, the deceptive practices. And what are we, what are we meant to do when we say no? Then we're meant to embrace the life that he came to give us. Light fellowships with light. Let me say it one more time. It's gonna, you might take that away and think about that through the week. Light fellowships with light. Light does not fellowship with darkness. Either there is light or there is darkness. You want to fellowship with Jesus, the light of the world? Goodbye, deceptive darkness. I will not fellowship with you anymore. I'm fellowshipping with the light of the world. You have been saved to fellowship with the light of the world. Let's keep on reading. 1 John 2 says this, My dear children, I'm writing to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. Maybe this is the first time you've heard this. He is, Jesus, is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Friends, here at first today. This, this scriptural encouragement today is to lead us to be better disciples of Jesus. People who are learning to turn their backs on sin. But know this, if we do sin. Jesus is advocating our case before God. You don't have to punish yourself. You don't have to put yourself down. You don't have to torment your mind. You don't have to physically hurt yourself because you've sinned. No, no, you need, you need to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I know I did that wrong. Thank you for going before the Father right now. You're, you're the one who atones for my sin. You're the eternal sacrifice. Thank you for doing that. See, how how can he do this? Well, it's his sacrifice on the cross that atones for our sins for all eternity. Because not only did he go to the cross, he died, but then he rose again on the third day. That's where the forgiveness of our sins comes from. 
the eternal sacrifice. But I will say this. Is this a pass that allows us to go on sinning? No, no. To value his sacrifice on the cross, it should lead us to sin less. If we truly value his sacrifice on the cross, it should lead us to sin less. Verse 3, let's keep on reading. And we can be sure that if we know him, we obey his command, commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and is not, not living in the truth. But those who obey God's words truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. It's the holy calling that each of us have to live our lives as Jesus did. Friends, this, this scripture right here is a guidebook to holiness, a guidebook to living like Jesus. If we are truly his, then our practices must begin to reflect that of Jesus. Amen. It's not enough just to know him. We must live in his truth. We must act out his truth. We must be his truth. Verse 7, dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one you, you've had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it's also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you are also living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Can I, can I say this? We have been redeemed to live in the light, to live this. Hating a fellow believer is not an option. It's not an option. Speaking bad about fellow believers is not an option. Not an option. Amen. You have been redeemed by His love. Allow His love. This is for all of us today. Allow His love to infiltrate the parts of your heart that are causing you and others to stumble. Amen. Allow it to infiltrate. See, this is the light and the life and the love that Jesus has called us to. Who, who is Jesus? He's the way, the truth. He's showing us how to live. I say this, Jesus in your life, the light and the life in you empowers you to love one another. Even when it's hard. I um, wasn't going to share this, but I will. I was talking to some of our serving team a couple of weeks ago. And I encourage them with this. Are you making it easy for others to love you? 
Are you, so the Bible says we've got to love one another and we've got to love others, love our neighbours as we love ourselves. Are you making it easy for people to love you? Why do I say that? When Jesus gave us the two commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. Number one, I love Jesus with all my heart, mind and soul. I, I do it. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. Can I encourage you? It's really hard to love your neighbour if there is hate and self-loathing towards yourself. Why am I highlighting that? It's really, really hard for someone to love you when you don't love you. It's really hard. That, that's why it's one of the two commandments that Jesus gave us. So we're called to love one another. But if we're making it extra hard for people, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair on the people around us. What do you need to do to begin to learn to love yourself? I, I get there is a ton, a stack of things that happens to each and every single one of us as we progress through life. I, I understand it. But we can't stop at those points. We can't stop at that point as a seven-year-old. We can't stop at that point of a 14-year-old. We can't stop at that point of a 25-year-old. We can't stop at that point when someone stole our car in the car park, in the church car park. And it's like, that's it. Hate will grow in my heart from now on because Joanne stole my car park. Sorry, Joanne. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying, right? We have to allow God to work on us. We then have to choose to join him in that work, it allows us to love ourselves. And as we love ourselves well, we can then love others well. And then it's easy for people to love us back. I know it sounds like really simple, but there's a lot of hard work involved in that. This is why it is the second commandment. It is of the utmost importance for unity in the body of Christ. Going way off notes this morning, but... We can, we can talk about unity in the body. We can talk about loving each other well, as the Bible calls us to. But to do that, we need to love ourselves well first. Now, I understand you might look in the mirror and say, like, oh, I hate me. I hate everything about me. I think if all of us were to be really, really honest, there are moments in all of our lives where we've done that before. Where we've looked in the mirror or we've, we've had self-thoughts about... Jeez, if you could only do that as well as that person, you're just an idiot. You're just, you're just so, and we speak this hate over ourselves. Jesus wants to come and set you free of that. He wants to come and have those words rebuked and, and have you set free of those words that you've spoken over yourself and the words that others have spoken over you as well. Amen. In verse 12, John continues to share with us why he is writing on the importance of Jesus' life becoming our life. This is what it says. Focus in here this morning. This is for every single one of us. I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in faith Because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won the battle with the evil one. I've written to you because I've written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. 
I've written to you who are mature in faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in faith because you are strong. So hang on a second. Isn't the more mature in faith that are strong? No, no. Young in faith, you have won the battle with the evil one. You've chosen to follow Jesus and have his life and light transform you. Amen. I've written to you who are young in faith because you are strong. Don't let anyone tell you different. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. This is what happens when we accept salvation, light, life, love of Jesus. Reaffirmed or introduced to you today. Maybe you know this. Maybe, maybe you've never heard this. When you follow Jesus, there are some perks to your faith. Well, oh, I, I, just, I just count myself like unworthy. I'm so grateful that, that Jesus has come and like forgiven me and now I've got salvation. That is the opposite of pride. That is like, I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so unworthy. No, no, no. And I'm not talking about going to the polar opposite where like, I am so worthy. I'm more worthy than every second person. No, no, I'm not talking about going. Let's get out of ourselves for a, for a moment and understand the perks and the benefits that come with salvation. These are the benefits here and now. For some of you, as I read this, you're like, hang on a second, that was just, that was just verse 12 to verse 15, 14. Well, here's the perks and benefits. Your sins are forgiven through Jesus. You know Christ. You have won your battle with the evil one. You know the Father. You know Christ. You are strong. God's work lives in, in your hearts and you've won your battle with the evil one. There are perks and benefits. It's not just saved from the grips of like hell. I mean, wonderful. Like Christ pretty important. It's not just, it doesn't stop there. That is just the beginning. Eternal life is just the beginning. There is so much more that he wants to reveal to your life right now. You know, perhaps shame, pain, hurt, condemnation have been trying to get the upper hand in your life. Perhaps it's been a tidal wave. Hear this today. Open your ears today. Who has ears, let them hear in Jesus' name. God's word, Jesus, lives in your heart and you have won your battle with the evil one. But every day is hard. Amen it is. But you have won your battle with the evil one. You're not inferior. You've been made holy and strong in him. I say this to each and every single one of us who, who this resonates with today. It's time for a mindset shift a breakthrough about who you really are now, who God's called you to be now. How, how do we protect the light, life and love that Jesus has given us? Verse 15 says this, Do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, 
but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. It's the eternal life that God gives us. You carry the light, life and love of Jesus. But how is the best way to exemplify this truth? 1 John 3, that's what it says starting at verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. I'm going to pause on this for just a little moment. I know that time, time is getting away today, but Cain killed his brother. Now, I don't presume to know everything or know everybody, but for most of us, we're probably not going to choose to physically kill our brother or sister. For most of us. You're always going to leave room. Leave room. Like, don't presume to know everything or everyone. That's a joke. Also, I can't speak on behalf of my children. It gets pretty wild sometimes. But friends, it's, it's the death by words. It's the death by actions. It's the death by gossip. It's the death by cheating. It's the death by malice. No, that's not what we have been redeemed to be. You have been redeemed to love God and love others in this word, in this world, in your words, your actions, and your deeds. And here's how we do it in verse 14. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Now, pause on that for a moment because I need to bring some clarity. Just hang on a second, mate. You need, to, you need to understand this passage of Scripture this morning. We all know that anybody who turns to Jesus and calls on the name of the Lord, who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, will be saved. This is saying anybody who hasn't done that, murder fills their heart. They've committed those acts, whether in words or physical violence. We all know that for one of the, one of the individuals that was next to Jesus at the cross, he's like, can you take me with you? So, You'll be with me in heaven, amen. It's about a heart turning, turning to Jesus. So let the light, let the life Let the love of Jesus take over. Protect the fellowship of the believers. Develop the heart of Christ in your relationships. What do you do when a person you are called to love treats you like garbage, mistreats you, speaks down to you, vomits their insecurity onto you, pours their hate over your head like hot volcanic lava? What, I thought it'd be really important for us to talk about that today. Because I'm talking about, yeah, let's, let's like love everybody. It's like, yeah, but you don't know my, like what's going on. It's like, I, I don't know what's going on, but let me, let me put some dialogue around it this morning for you, biblically, amen. So we are, we're still called to love those individuals. 
But that's not where my sentence ends. You know, thank God for that. We're still called to love people with the love of Jesus. But it doesn't mean that we have to hang around and be their punching bag. We, we can remove ourselves from their chaos. It's our choice. You have a choice. You don't have to subject yourself to verbal, physical, spiritual or psychological abuse, especially if it's long-term and sustained. You can love them, hope for the best in Jesus for them, but no one has a right to crush you. You've been saved and transformed into the image of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, that seems worth protecting. That seems worth protecting. And I'll say this today in finishing off that part. If anything that I've just said is unnerving or speaking into a situation, I would love the opportunity to catch up with you for a pastor or catch up with one of our other pastors or someone that you feel safe with. Or we can help you find a person that can support you through what you're going through. What? Why do I preface all of this today? Compassion, love, giving, caring are all images of Jesus. But in context, sustained abuses that leave you tormented is never okay. Never okay. I know this is something that is not normally spoken about in in church settings, but let's be honest, it's not normally spoken about anywhere. So I think it's important that we take the lead on it, right? Let's, Let's talk about these things. If we're going to love well, we need to look after ourselves and value the image that God has put in our life. See, there's an example of Jesus ministering in his own town. Some of you will be familiar with in the Bible. Goes to his town, ready to minister. It's like, I've done my 30 years of like training, just finished my apprenticeship. I'm ready to, as the Messiah to minister the love of Jesus to the world. I'm going to paint a picture of why Jesus sent me, of why God sent me. And they gets to his own town and they didn't want to listen. They didn't want to change. Held him to account for his profession as a carpenter before becoming the Messiah. Friends, you are not the old you. You are not the old you. Jesus is coming and giving you life. Jesus is coming and giving you light. And he's put his love into you. There is a new life. So, you don't need to be held to account for your old life. Jesus is taking care of that on the cross. Amen. You have a new life in Jesus. He tried. Jesus tried. They didn't respond. You indeed have a voice. And I say all of these things in love to you today. Just as Jesus went to his people of his town and tried to minister and love them and they just weren't interested, it's like, okay, I'm going to go talk to someone who who does want to hear the encouragement of my father. Let's read on. Verse 16, coming to an end. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. 
So we'll be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. Praise God for that. And He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come before God with bold confidence and we'll receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do things that pleases Him. You carry the light, life and love of Jesus. Verse 23, and this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And we know that He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. Aren't we, aren't we so grateful? Isn't there gratitude in our hearts for that? As we come to our, our landing this morning, 1 John 4 verse 7 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. But can I say this today? If you don't know God today, you don't know His love, this is not the end of your story. This is the beginning of your story. Because in verse 9 it says this, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is the hope and promise for every single one of us today. This is the start of your journey of following Jesus, the light of the world. The Bible says, if we call on the name of the Lord, that will be saved. I just want to take a moment before we come to prayer this morning. I want to give every single person in the room and anyone who's watching online the opportunity to respond to the love of God, to know the light of the world, the life of the world, and the love of the world, Jesus. If that's you, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer of calling on the name of the Lord so that we can be saved. If you're online, I invite you to pray this prayer as well. Everyone in the room is going to join us in this prayer. But if this is the first time you've prayed the prayer, or you've been off doing your own thing and you say, I just need to, I need to get back in the light. I need to get back in the life of, I need to get back in the love of Jesus. Why don't you pray this prayer as well? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that he went to the cross, was buried and rose again on the third day. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you did this, God. I surrender my life. I choose to follow you. I repent of my sin from this day on. I'm a follower, a disciple who follows Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, you prayed it again, can, can I encourage you? Come and have a chat to me afterwards or have a chat to the person that you came with. If you're watching online, there's going to be a link on your screen where you can get, get in touch with us and find out what to do next. If you're in this room and you prayed the prayer, you don't have a Bible, can you grab one on the way out? If you're in this room and you, and you don't know what to do next, can you see someone before you leave? 
Like don't, don't stop at eternal life. There's a, there's a whole lot extra for you to walk into as we've heard this morning. Just as we, as we come to a close this morning, I, just, just a couple of seconds. I, I want to encourage you. Let, let this word this morning. Can, can you let the light, the life and the love of Jesus, can, can it spark something afresh in you? Can you take it away this week and go, I've got to do something with this. I'm, I'm not just saved and redeemed. I, I'm, I'm chosen. The light, the life, the love of Jesus is in me. You know, 1 John 5, 21 says this. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I don't know about you. I find that as encouraging. So I've got to be vigilant. So yeah, there's lots of things that I could do and participate in and commit to. And so, But if it takes the place of God in my heart, then it, then it doesn't factor. And I strongly felt that uh, there's a couple of groups of people in this, this place this morning. Firstly, there's some people who need prayer for empowerment and being empowered to do this. There's just some things that are in front of your eyes and you're like, these, I feel like these things are stopping me from like breaking through. God just wants to come and give a breath of His Spirit into you and empower you to take authority in Jesus' name. There's some people in this place today who need some healing for some things. There's some things that have gone on, things that have happened and it's like there needs to be healing so that you can love yourself so that you can love others as, as God commands us to. And then there's the third one. is some People need some restoration. Just need your hearts restored, your minds restored. So you're good people, but there's just some stuff that's gone on. It's like there, there's some ruins that God wants to rebuild. Amen. Doesn't want you to live in that place of like, my world is crumbling. No, no. God wants to come and actually restore. Amen. So just as we're in this place today, I want to pray a prayer over everybody, over all of us. And that then we'll officially finish the service. And if anybody wants prayer for anything, just as the service is dismissed and some people will go have coffee and spend some time fellowshipping. But if you want prayer for anything, myself and a couple of other pastors will be here just to stand with you, to pray over these things, to take authority with you. Amen. That God can do these things. But why don't we just close our eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful that you reveal your word, that you reveal Jesus to us, that you help us understand who we are, not who we were, who we are in Jesus' name, that we are called to carry the light, to carry the life, and we're called to love one another in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray for any, any person today who's, who needs empowerment. Let the breath of the Holy Spirit breathe power into their spirit. Let it overflow. Let it, let it be like a wind that just blows a refreshing move of your spirit into theirs. Let them be empowered to take authority over the things in their life. that they're like, This is overpowering. No, in Jesus' Name, we take authority. In Jesus' Name. We choose to take authority over those things. And we say, no, we are set free from those things. 
Let freedom be released in your mind right now. Let freedom be released in your physical body right now. Holy Spirit, Lord, Lord, for those who need healing and restoration, Oh God, I pray just for your gentle spirit to move in their mind and in their hearts. Holy Ghost, refresh them, rebuild them in Jesus' name. We we offer our lives before you, God. We are living in the truth. You saved us from the darkness and now we only live in the light. And in Jesus' name we pray. Let all of your promises come to pass. In Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.